Bible who got saved, and that was King Manassas. Nobody else that I can remember reading in the Bible was saved at an old age. Most people are saved when they're young. That doesn't mean you can't be saved when you're old, because King Manassas was old. But it becomes more and more and more rare. And it takes more of God's grace because you become entrenched in your patterns in. Who should pray? Anyone who's saved? God will always consider the prayers of somebody who has a clean heart. If you're steeped in sin and you want God to answer your prayers, that's a difficult thing because God doesn't owe you anything. And if you're disrespecting him with sin, it's unlikely he's going to answer your prayer. But if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you, and then he cleans your heart off, and then you can approach him. It's like my children. If justice was really bad and was disobedient or whatever, and then he said, hey, Dad, can we stop by Dairy Queen and get an ice cream cone? It's like, justice. <laughs> what do you think's going on? So I'd be less likely to take him to the Dairy Queen. Well, that's the way it is with God. But if we're clean and pure before God, he's going to want to answer that prayer. The second point is, what should we pray for? Well, there's many things we can pray. Jesus said in John 14, 13, Whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. God has a will for our life, and he wants us to pray for things that keep us in his will. And I was sharing with the kids this morning, I sure would like to have a Porsche 911, you know, one of those really fast $100,000 sports cars. But, and if I prayed for that, I'm not sure God would give that to me because my van works just fine. The things that we ask for, whatsoever you ask for in God's name, he will do to glorify the Father. If I'm asking for something that I really don't need, that's not a prayer that's in God's will. Do you see the difference there? But if we pray something that's in God's will, let's say you pray for your son to be saved. That's in God's will. Let's say you pray for somebody that's in a, a marriage, they're having a marriage issue, and you say, Lord, work in there. Let your Holy Spirit just take away whatever darkness is in their marriage. That's a prayer God wants you to pray. And those are the kind of prayers, when you pray in Jesus' name, it says here, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's how you bring glory to God's kingdom. When you pray in God's name for things that are in His will. A fast car is not really in God's will for my life. But protection over my children, that's in God's will for my life. Another thing that my pastor taught us was, he said, think about your prayer life as circles. The first circle is you and God. That's the most important circle. Because I have to give an account for myself. My son has to give an account for his self. Now I'm still responsible because God loans my children to me for a season. I will be held accountable as a steward and I have to give an account for what I've done. But I only, only my soul goes to heaven or hell. Just as his soul will go to heaven or hell based on what he does. I influence him, but still he stands before God without me, and vice versa. The first circle is your relationship with God. The next circle would be your spouse, because you become one flesh when you're married. I would have an obligation to pray for my wife, and vice versa. Then the next circle would include the children. 
If you're a child, your responsibility is between you and God and then to pray for your mom and dad and your grandparents. And then as the circles go out, it includes your fellow residents here. If you're a student, it would include the other students. If you work, it would be your workmates. You're praying for extended family and other people that come into your life, but your primary prayer focus should be on your immediate family, your spouse and, of course, yourself, and your personal walk with Christ. Where should we pray? Well, First Chronicles 16, 11 says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Well, if you're praying continually, that means you can be praying here. You walk outside, you can be praying outside. You go into your room and you lay on your bed, you can be praying in your bed. Continually means you can pray anywhere. So you can pray at work, at school, driving in your cars, or just laying in your bed before you go to sleep or when you get up in the morning. When should we pray? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. In our minds, we think, okay, am I going to go 24-7 praying? And that's really not what God is saying there. What he says, pray without ceasing, is uh, right now I'm not praying. But I'm serving God by sharing the Bible with you. And with God, our life becomes a testimony pouring out before him. And as you serve God, that's a form of worship and prayer. Even though I'm not saying our Father, which art in heaven... I'm sharing with you God's love and God's blessings. And that's the way when you go out, whatever you're doing in your life, you can pray prayers that are words and verbal, or you can pray by sharing love with people, your testimony with people. And that's a way of worshiping and praying before God. Pray without ceasing. And I think I've shared this with you before, but... Charles Spurgeon was a preacher. He's called the Prince of Preacher, one of the greatest preachers who's ever lived. He died like 150 years ago. He was quoted as saying he never prayed more than 10 or 15 minutes in a row, which you think, wow, that's this great guy. He never prayed that much. But he said, I never went more than 10 or 15 minutes without praying. So he's always connected. He's talking to God, and then he's doing something. And then, wow, I didn't talk to God for 15 minutes. i got to connect with God again. That's a form of prayer, with praying without ceasing. When you pray, you can set aside an allotted time each day for your devotionals. You have to pick a time to be consistent. You know, the great basketball players of today, like LeBron James, he's probably the best player in the world, or Michael Jordan from like 20 years ago. They didn't just be good basketball players. They had to practice and practice and practice. We can do the same in our prayer life. Be consistent. And practice your prayers. Whatever you practice at, you get good at. People can practice sin and get good at sins. There are some people that are good liars. There are some people that are good cursors or whatever. There are some good people that are good thieves and adulterers or whatever. We can practice sins and be good at that. God says, practice your prayers and be good at that. In fact, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep the commandments. Be good at it. Be good at practicing keeping commandments because it's a way to keep yourself from sin. Be consistent and get in a habit of praying. For me, I like to get up in the morning, get my coffee, and then do my devotionals. When nobody else is in the house, when it's early in the morning, the sun is coming up, praise God. The beautiful days, I can hear the birds singing now. In the, in the winter, the snow is just white on the ground when it snows. and it, It's time to fellowship with God. Nobody else is there. 
That's what God wants. He wants you to, to tune in with just him. Just push out everything else. And then compile a prayer list. I try to attend on a regular basis. At our church, we have a men's prayer group on Saturday morning. All the men, they share their burdens that week. And what I do is I write them down. And then when I come home, they're in my Bible. During my devotions, invariably I'll take out that list and just, when I'm looking at that prayer, I go, oh yeah. It, it brings to mind, I can hear that person saying that, that request. And it makes it more real. Connect with people and do that. How should we pray? In Matthew 6, 9, it says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Do you know the day that you were saved, you came into the kingdom? You became a child of God. When you're in the kingdom, God has things that he wants you to do. And the number one thing, this verse says that God's will be done here in the earth as it is in heaven. And what are the instruments for God having his will done? Us, Christians. The fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are few. If you're a Christian, you're one of God's laborers. And he wants you to go into the fields that are white unto harvest and to share his gospel message. That's part of his will for your life. Until he takes us home, he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That means everybody. That means here at Bentley Commons. That means outside in Lynchburg, Virginia, across the ocean. You know, all the way to China and all of that area. Our job is to spread the gospel and to share the love of God that he went to the cross for our sins. One of the keys to answered prayer is saying, Lord, I want this to be in your will. Show me what to pray for. Let your Holy Spirit just put in my head what I should pray for. Because if it's in God's will, he will answer that prayer. He will answer the prayer. Because this verse says, God's will be done in earth as it is in heaven. God wants it done down here just like it is in heaven. It says, don't pray with vain repetitions or chants. So many of the religions of the world, they pray with chants. God doesn't honor that. In fact, he, that becomes noise in his ear, noisome. God doesn't want us to pray with chants. When we talk to people, I don't say, Justice, how are you doing? Justice, how are you doing? Justice, how are you doing? Justice would get frustrated and get up and walk. If I said that about 20 times, what's going on with you, Daddy? Well, does God want us to talk to him like that? No. He doesn't want us to talk in chance. He wants us to talk to him like a normal person in a personal relationship. Pray that you become sanctified unto good works. You know, when we're saved, we're justified. The doctrine of justification says when you're justified, it's just as if you never sinned in God's eyes. Because when he looks down on you, he sees God's blood covering our sins. So as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed those transgressions from us. But sanctification is our daily walk. And sanctification sometimes is two steps forward and one step back. Because we all sin. So we always are fighting sin. We're always in that sanctification process, that cleaning process. That's an ongoing thing. So 
pray that God will sanctify you, that you will become a clean vessel that he will use for his kingdom here on earth. And commit unto God to become holy and pure. That's a hard commitment in today's world. You know, you walk into the mall and there's just the advertisements. You know, they say sex sells. It's in front of you all the time. But that's not what God wants. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon a mate? Why would my mind dwell on somebody that where the thoughts are lustful? I made a covenant with my eyes. A covenant is a promise that, that he intended not to break. Pray with sincerity. We can tell if somebody says to us, wow, you have a, a pretty dress on today. And then they, they walk away. Well, they just said that to be nice. But were they really sincere? We can tell when somebody's sincere with us. And we can tell when they're not. God can tell when we're sincere too. And he wants us to pray with sincerity. I have to confess, a lot of times when we try to pray for every time we eat in my house, and sometimes that hamburger looks so good, and I'll say, Justice, can you pray? And Justice will be praying, and I'm thinking about the food. That wasn't really a sincere prayer. Now, that's just kind of a minor example, but we do that all the time. We're not sincere with God, and he wants us to be sincere with God. He wants us to be sincere with himself. And then another thing is, how should we pray? Well, you can pray in prayer groups. At our church this morning, the pastor led all of the people in the, in the congregation in a formal prayer. That's a way to pray in a group. You all could have a prayer meeting here in this building. You can have, meet in little groups in your rooms. Three, four, five people come in and you can pray. So that's a way to pray. Another way to pray is to enlist somebody that you know is a prayer warrior. They're a prayer giant with God. You know they have a good testimony, a good walk, and then you say, will you pray this prayer? Because you know they have a clear channel with God. So you can enlist the people that you know are prayer giants in your life. The final point here is, why should we pray? The obvious answers are because we want something, right? We need to have better health or our children's marriage, or maybe we have a financial problem. It could be many things. Maybe we have worries. There are many things that burden us in our life, and we want to give that to God, and God wants us to give it to Him. But really, we're here for God's glory. The Bible teaches us that we're, we're here to bring glory to God's kingdom, and then when we die, we can enjoy Him forever. And that's why we pray. Some of the points God made us for His glory and honor. The people who go to hell, they go to hell for God's glory and honor. The people who go to heaven, go to heaven for God's glory and honor. In Revelation it says, the lost will be tormented in the presence of God and the angels. That's a sad thing to say, but it is for his glory. Everything God does is for his glory. To show how powerful he is. If you're saved, he made you to bring glory to his kingdom and then to enjoy him forever once you go into eternity. Another reason to pray is to connect with God and to grow our faith. I might have shared with you some time ago that I'm reading this book of the mortification of sin by John Owen with my oldest son. And John Owen makes the point that none of us know anything about God except what he reveals to us through his grace in faith. In fact, 
If you don't have faith, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. Faith can be as small as a mustard seed, or it can grow to move mountains. What John Owen is saying is that the only things we know about God are what he reveals through our faith. If you pray and God answers his prayer, he revealed his strength to you, and now your faith will grow from that. And the more you pray, the more he will answer prayers, and the more your faith grows. And the more your faith grows in God, the more he reveals about himself. The more he reveals about his love and his long-suffering and his mercy and his just picking you up and carrying you sometimes when you, when you can't carry yourself. As you walk in faith, God shows more and more of himself to you. And as you mature, as you get older, your faith should be growing. That mustard seed so small grows into a huge tree. And as you mature in Christ, you should become that tree in Christ where you can pray and literally move mountains in the spiritual world. And remember, the spiritual world, it's battles. We don't even understand what's going on up there. But God does, because God is the Spirit, and He rules that spiritual world. And if you pray in sincere faith, asking that God's glory will be lifted up in the name of Jesus, those prayers will be answered. They will be answered. And you will be stronger in your faith. And you will be more useful for God. The stronger your faith, the more God is going to use you. It's kind of like they all go together. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a blessing from God that we can have? And we have access as sons of God to the power of God through prayer. There's nothing more strong in the universe than prayer. Because God is behind the prayers. When the prayer is in his will, he will answer that prayer. That's amazing. And what a promise. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this beautiful day, and we thank you that we do have access to your throne through grace in prayer. And God, that uh, my prayer to you today is that all of the saints in this room would know you better, and even this week that they would grow in faith by asking you for prayers that are in your name and in your will, and you would answer them, and you would show your strong God, and then their faith would increase. And Jesus, I ask all this in your precious name, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for our salvation. We love you, God. Amen.